Good morning, LBC Radio. My name is Coy Rosen, and you are listening to the Story Podcast. Today, I have on a super awesome guest, Mr. Alex Stanilla. Hello. The protagonist of Alex Stanilla's songs live at the intersection of fact and fiction, the push and pull between introspective honesty and rich character study. I'm really inspired by film, the Lebanon PA-based singer-songwriter says. My lyrical style tends to take an impressionistic view of films with the subtext of watching it through a different lens and using it to interpret my life. Stanilla's life has seen its fair share of musical milestones. For starters, he performed at Carnegie Hall as a 10-year-old violinist, but now his latest acts puts his cinematic songwriting style and film degree on full display. His self-released single, Favorite Song, is a wash- in indie rock groove and meditative poise, ruminating on the 1979 musical drama All That Jazz and its semi-autobiographical look at the life of Bob Fosse. It is rough around the edges passion seeded with grand ambitions, richly intimate soul-searching storytelling that manages to resonate on a universal level. There is a refreshing level of self-awareness in Stanilla songs from his 2017 LP mixtape Qualia, later reissued in 2019 to a prolific 2022, or sorry, 2020 to 2021 single release series. And while some minor details have at times been changed to protect the guilty, namely himself, an air of authenticity still permeates every note of his music. He plays all of those notes himself on every instrument equally inspired by the tenderness and inward turmoil of Elliot Smith, the eccentricity of Cynthia Electropop, and the energy of underground bands like Chiodos, Circa Survive, and Dance Daving Dance that influenced his early years. Alex, how are you doing today? Good, thanks. How are you doing, Corey? I'm doing pretty good, man. You have a, a long career and a lot of talent to go around for you. Where did it all start? Um, well, I started uh, taking violin lessons when I was five. Five. Um, but I did take some breaks from all the music stuff. I, it's not like I've been actively like a musician for 25 years. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, actually, it's, it's kind of funny. I just saw um, one of my music teachers last week. I think I was 14 when I didn't want to play violin anymore. And he told me that would be the biggest mistake I'd ever make in my life. Um, and then a couple years after that, I did start playing guitar. But yeah, I saw that guy the other day and I was a little too timid to, uh, he didn't remember me. Oh no. You know, he, I, it, I was with a friend and uh, I really wanted to be like, hey, remember me? You're the guy who told me, you know, I'd, I'd really regret uh stopping playing violin and i don't regret it but uh yeah no i think it was it was probably good that i took a break from that kind of you know the i kind of took a break from like arts and music when i was a teenager just because i think I, I did get into it very young and when you're i don't know i thought it was i guess i got to a point where i was like oh man violin's lame you know like music's lame i want to play sports you know then i grew out of that too so, uh, and then the bio mentions you got into Carnegie Hall. How did that happen? 
Yeah, so my violin teacher, uh, Miss Connie Stamball, she um, she had connections there, and um, she brought a group of uh, we 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 took um, uh, she taught Suzuki Suzuki, the Suzuki method. Yeah. So she had a group of the Suzuki uh, method students that went to New York for a day, and we played uh, Pachelbel Canon. Um, yeah, I I. I I don't remember what the program was. There was like an orchestra playing mm-hmm. and then they, there was like an intermission and then we all played at the, uh, so. That's good. Did it set in for you that you knew what, what was happening? No, then? no. Oh, yeah, at the time, cool. it, no, at the time it was like, oh, cool. We get to go to New York for the day and like, hey, I'll play a song at this big place. You know, it was, it was really cool, but it's only like, you know, much later in life that I'm like, oh my goodness, that was quite the opportunity. You know, I don't, you know, or yeah, yeah. So, so you hit the spot in your teenage years where you're like, yeah, oh, music's dumb. And uh, why do you come back? I got cut from the basketball team. <laughs> I was really into basketball. Loved it. Um, was not very good. Mm. Um, I was always... Actually, I think by that time, for a while, I was always the smallest kid in the team. But I was always just not, you know... Somehow I'd made the team every year, but I just never played. And I just always had it like in my head that I'm like, all right, this is the year I'm going to my breakout year and I'm going to be, you know, really good. And uh, yeah, so stopped playing violin, basketball. Coach came to me after tryouts like, hey, sorry, just it's just it's just not going to cut it this year. Uh, we appreciate all you've done. And, you know, just, yeah, I think we both know, you know, this isn't really going anywhere. And, you know, I was pretty devastated. Um, at the time, I mean, looking back on it, it's a really stupid little thing, but, right. but yeah, I, I definitely, uh, channeled, I definitely was though, when I think back on it all that time, even though I wasn't really like playing an instrument, I was still writing songs. Mm. Like I was always writing and I don't think I necessarily knew I was writing lyrics. I was just, I guess more like poetry, you know what I mean? But I did realize one day I was like, oh my goodness, like I've had, I have this just notebooks full of words and I kind of, you know, know my way around the guitar a little bit. I was like, I'm just going to sit down and really start figuring this thing out. So what was it like for you writing-wise? What what all stuff did you write down? I wrote a lot of, I actually really first, I think because of basketball, I was really into hip-hop, actually, at first. And I was always writing to... Um, it's really funny. I had a friend in middle school who um, his brother would always get these um, mix CDs. I guess he knew like a lot of people in Philly or something. And I would give him five bucks, which at the time, it's probably like, it'd be like 20 bucks nowadays. You know what I mean? Like this was like 2005, 2006, but I would give him five bucks and he'd make me these mix CDs of these like really cool hip hop beats that his brother would get from producers or whatever in, in Philly. And like actually a lot of artists that ended up getting like pretty famous later on were on these, like wow. this is like before they really took off. I don't know. Anyway. So I would just have these like instrumental beats and, you know, I'd listen to it on the bus and stuff. I would, you know, write to it. And, um, you know, I, w- I always played like basketball video games and stuff or basketball movies. Like it was always like hip hop was like the soundtrack. So I, I, I was just like really into hip hop. I must have loved Space Jam. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Space Jam, like Mike, all those movies. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Really, I at first writing was it was it was so with hip hop. It's or I found it was like very like stream of consciousness. You know what I mean? Like just just like trying to more worried about like the rhyme and the flow necessarily than like what things mean. Um, so that was that was like my early, I guess, um, you know, foray into writing. So, how did you develop that? You graduate high school and decide what do you want to do with your life? Yeah, well, I went to school in Philly. Um, studied um, screenwriting, mm. writing for film and television, and then I minored in creative writing. And actually did take a little bit of a break with music, too, during college. I just kind of dabbled. Um, but really, uh, yeah, just kind of, I don't know. It's just college was a very strange <laughs> time. I don't know. I was really trying to, I made T-shirts at one point, And I just dipped my toe into all kinds of stuff. I was, like, making, like, video advertisement. I was just, I was just doing all kinds of stuff. And it. Uh, somebody kind of sat me down one day and was like, hey, you can't, you can, you can dabble in a lot of different things, but you're never going to really excel. You have to kind of pick something that you really like to do. And they're like, one, two, three, say the thing that you really like to do and you should really focus on that. And just the first thing came out, I was like, I like to make music. Mm. I was like, oh, crap. I guess, oh, crap. I guess I need to focus <laughs> on that now. That's like, you know. Um, but yeah, so then my senior year of college, um, I kind of sat down and, um, I got an interface. It was, uh, an M, an M box. Did you ever have an M box? No. Are you familiar with the M box? They were like, kind of like the Scarlet before. Okay. It kind of preceded the Scarlet. So now it's like everybody gets the Scarlet. Right. Before the Scarlet, it was the M box. Gotcha. And it was actually really cool. It had, um... It had those old school outputs that you can hook up like a cassette player to and stuff. Oh, wow. yeah, okay. it, yeah, it was really made for. Um, so yeah, I got an M box and I learned how to record and I recorded this terrible album that's still out <laughs> somewhere in the internet probably. Um, yeah, and then I guess ever since then I've just been trying to make music. So why do you say it's a terrible album? Oh well, I mean I, I just. Didn't you know? I mixed everything myself, and I just didn't. I like I I don't I don't have the courage to go back and listen to it right now. But I just know it's got to be. I was very ignorant. It, it just I had to get it all out. It was like it was like you know all the songs I've been writing since I was a teenager, and I was like, man, I gotta make this album. It's gonna change my life or something. And I just you know recorded very hastily. I have n no idea. Just throwing plugins on willy-nilly thinking that it's going to make everything sound better you know what i mean like then uh probably didn't tune any guitars before you know it was very like very quickly hastily made um yeah um, so you're set to come out with some new stuff now right yeah yep have um actually just put out a song today's tuesday yeah last monday put out a song um and then have another one coming out in March. And then I really must have hit um, either hit, hit hit like a very creative period 
of my life last year or I just had like a lot of free time. But I ended up recording a whole bunch of different stuff. Like I recorded, um, it's funny that you were asking about, you know, um, when I first started making music because I, I wrote and recorded this. Uh, it's four songs. And one of the songs I brought today, um, but it's totally uh, just vocal and acoustic guitar project, like very, very, very minimal. Different name. The name is Arcadia Exeter. So that'll actually be out next month on my birthday. And it was kind of just like a total like passion project as far as like just wanting to make like very simple, stripped down songs akin to when I first started like recording music. So that's coming out and then have another, um, I guess it's like dream pop-ish or like um, just another side project that were kind of like leftover songs from, I guess my main project is just the music I make under my own name. Um, so these were songs that I liked, but I think were just didn't quite fit in with um, what I was making and then kind of allowed me to um, um, get really into, um, like, focused on, like, that genre, like, really dive into um, just the types of samples or, or um, uh, chord or synth patches and stuff and, and guitar tones, I guess, that that people in that world make that I might not have wanted to use before because I thought it'd be too cliche or too on the nose or something. But I was like, no, I really want to explore a genre and 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 um, just kind of make it sound as cliche and generic as possible. So I'm hoping that's all recorded. I'm, um, I actually just got the artwork back for that, but hoping that that'll be out in like May or June. That's another four song one. So how has your writing style changed from as a as opposed to a kid as to now? Yeah, um, it's probably actually pretty similar in that I think a lot of it just starts with like the light bulb going off. You know what I mean? Like you're brushing your teeth or you're uh, tying your shoe and it's like you get a melody in your head or something. That's usually how it starts for me. Um, yeah, but I guess the thing right now, I have a little bit more free time than I've had the past couple years. I've been very working a lot and just always on the go. And I've had to do a lot of, um, you know, like I was working at a coffee shop, so I get an idea and I have to run to the bathroom really quick and do like a voice memo or run into like the freezer, run outside or like, um, so when I was younger, I had the free time. I get an idea, I could just go right downstairs and like record it, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so then I had to get used to having to like try to remember things on the fly. Um, but then, um, like actually just last week, I was, wasn't feeling very well so i was home all all day and i wrote every day i wrote a song you know what i mean just home sitting there with a the guitar and like oh that's cool and then like saying i'm like wow nice so that was actually probably very similar to how i wrote as a teenager i just haven't had the time in the last 10 years to do it um so that was nice to kind of go back to that and not have to uh i guess force it you know, because then as you get older and you don't have time anymore and you're like, I only have this window of time to get this song done, I should probably. And then I don't think it always comes out as good as it can. Right. You know. Yeah. 
So you talked about exploring genres. What other genres would you like to explore? You talked about dream pop. You have a folk background as well. Yeah. Um, I'm always making, for better or worse, like little hip hop songs. I actually do have another, I call it a joke rap project. <laughs> it's called Walrus Eyes. Um, I don't know where that name came from. <laughs> just but that actually is sometimes that's my creativity catapult. Mm. Like if I feel really stuck, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to make a stupid rap song. Like stupid, just not like no judgment, judgment for you. You know, that's kind of my like, and I realized over the years I've done that enough that I have like a 10 song album. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, and it, it does really help. I think, uh, kind of get the, uh, get you into like a judgment free zone. Like if you make something really stupid and really fun and really silly, I also have been writing some kid songs. Oh, we have nice. a song called Stinky Cheese. <laughs> Just like <laughs> if I'm if I'm in a rut and I can't get creatively inspired, I'm like, you know, you know, whatever. I'll just make the stinky cheese song or sing the stinky cheese song and um that might be my like uh if I'm like forty five and not anywhere with the whole music thing, I'll just put out a kid's <laughs> kid's album and you know, <laughs> Hopefully that will pay some bills. I have that in my back pocket. That's awesome. Well, it's really good as a as a musician to like just write stupid <laughs> songs sometimes because you know you can't be inspired. You can't write Rocket Man every single day, exactly. right? Yeah, I can't recommend it enough. That's that's what I like to do. I like to pick a genre and say, okay, what's what's all this genre typically about, and then make the most cliche, stupid song hmm. about it because that's what you're gonna learn most about yes right so tell me what are some of the some of the uh you what's one of your favorite genres to do is Ooh, it the dream pop that's a very good question it tends to fluctuate okay yeah um this pat like i said this actually um i've been getting really into this past week um i i i kind of created like a little doll-less setup I have a Zoom. Kind of looks like that thing. It's called a Zoom R8. And it's just like a standalone mixer recorder. And then I have this thing. Actually, what I use for my live shows is called a black box. It's really cool. And it's basically like a doll in a box. And you can make beats and record with it and stuff. Um, So I've been getting really into making like lo-fi hip-hop beats, but without a doll which at first was very challenging because I feel like so much of that lo-fi hip-hop thing is very doll-centric, you know what I mean? Especially getting um, just the tones and stuff. Right. And I don't know why I wanted to tackle it with this, like, doll-less setup, but for the past week, I've just been very interested in, like, hey, how can I, like, recreate this with all this, like, standalone equipment away from a computer? That's been cool. Um, But I guess as far as writing goes, yeah, probably, like, the... um, the dreamier, like, synthy, uh, electro-pop kind of stuff is probably... I like making something that I can eventually get to, like, a really cheesy, catchy hook. Mm. I think that's, like, the roadmap that I like to go down. Like, maybe start it off kind of interesting and maybe a little, um, for lack of a better term, like, jazzy, or even though it's not jazz, but maybe, like, a little more intricate and then eventually get to a place that's, like, 
four on the floor, uh, generic chord progression, yep. very catchy. Yep. Yeah, just get get yeah. But start off with like, and maybe maybe it's gonna pop, maybe it's gonna pop, maybe not, and then bam, like catchy. That's my favorite thing to do. So we have one of your songs. Uh, which one do you want to play first? Um, we can do overtime. Okay. So this one will be out in March. Um, tell me about it. Yeah, this one is a, this one is um. I guess it's like a little bit more mature sounding than a lot of the stuff. It was actually recorded at the Kaleidoscope. Oh yeah. Guys, yeah, yeah. I had those guys on. Yes, yes. Um, Ed Roth and uh, John Smith, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then Joe. I don't know if he, Joe Fuchsia. Joe Fuchsia. He played drums on this too. Okay. So he he's he's kind of in that their their circle. Their yeah. circle, yes. So he's kind of like their drummer, and he, he's he's an amazing all around musician. But anyway, um, this one I. This one I just played piano and guitar and sang on. There's a theremin in it. A fit, theremin. Ben Roth played the theremin. You should be able oh, to tell. Man. Yeah, there's a lot of cool little. That's cool. Yeah, this one's fun. This is a fun little one. For those who don't know what a theremin is, a theremin is an instrument that uses radio waves, <clears throat> and you use your hand to get closer to like the uh, the metal thing. The metal thing, yeah. The metal that's thing the, is this, what's what you call that's it. That's the technical term. Technical for it, term. Yeah. And uh, it just it, it sounds if you've ever heard any Halloween music this that mm. sounds like a ghost. Ooh, that's that's the theremin. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. <laughs> so I'm I'm excited to hear this. Cool. This is Alex Sabilla's overtime. Devil's working overtime Running demons round inside my mind Make you so your voice is hard to find Introduce you to a million lines Everyone around you talks the same Glad I had you written down with the pain Wrote it all and printed at my age The company you keep is lame Working all the time, working all the time Blame it on the grind Let me sign the dotted line Fear hearts will destroy it Baby, why you crying? Anything that cuts you Decisions are made. 
Alex Danilo's overtime. That was a really cool uh the theremin part. If you didn't hear it, it was during the instrumental with the uh uh synthy sounding almost. And you doubled that with a uh guitar? Yeah, an Ebo. Ebo. That's really cool. It's a really cool sound. The genius really cool. of Ben Roth. Yeah. Yeah. So you like to put together these charity compilations. Tell me a little bit about that. Yep. So some bite, it's called Some Bite Records. Uh, all bark, some bite is the uh, I've done three so far two Christmas, Halloween one, and then next. Oh no, four! So this upcoming Valentine's Day will be the fifth. Usually try to do them around holidays, try to do four a year, and then um, you can donate on Bandcamp. And all the proceeds go to a local animal shelter or vet clinic or something like that. Um, yeah, so if you're an artist out there, you want to contribute a song, going for love songs if possible because it's Valentine's Day theme, but honestly, it would take anything at this point. Uh, <laughs> send them my way. So why did you start this? What is, what's the, the passion behind it? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I've always wanted to do something kind of like that. Um, the the phrase "all bark, some bite" was just floating around my head for a while. Um, no offense to people, but I did want to do something that would help animals because I I feel I'm like stuff with people. I feel like it's messy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I feel like you you might donate to one cause and then somebody be like, "Oh, I do that cause." You know, the the person who runs that right. once kicked a horse and. They're a terrible person for being a horse kicker. They're a horse kicker. You donated to, <laughs> you donated to a horse kicker or something. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I, so I'm like, all right, uh, I do want to, uh, you know, have some sort of charity-based thing and just all be animals. Um, yeah, I have a cat. He's he's a good buddy of mine. So I was like, you know, it'd be nice to, uh, you know. Oh, and also, too, um, I also do want to extend the whole um, the you know the proceeds so far have gone to uh, independent vet clinics and stuff. But if ever like a story comes up where it's somebody's like they have a pet and that needs some crazy expensive surgery or procedure done or something like that, um, would be more than willing to have like the proceeds of a compilation or something go towards that. Um, you know. So has, how's it been like, because 
it's hard to write Christmas songs. It's hard to write, uh, well, it's not hard to write love songs, but <laughs> uh, Halloween songs. How do you get those in? How have have you, have you added your own to those? So songs the Halloween one was a bit of a stretch and was kind of confusing for people. Um, hopefully this year's one will be a little bit, but it was all covers of local artists. If that makes okay. sense. So somebody did one of my songs. I did a song by Kevin Whitaker. Um, it was all people covering artists yeah, in this scene. I see. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of times um, Halloween is associated with like, covers. Like people play like a cover show or something like that. Or and sometimes they put a cover over themselves. And it's it's a, to be a ghost. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, and the, it, I feel like it gets so messy, like the legal ramifications of like asking for donations and covering another person's music. Right. So I was like, let's just keep it. Keep it local. Yeah. People that aren't making any money already. So they shouldn't worry too much if somebody's making, you know. And it's like, it's collaboration anyway. Exactly. 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 So yeah. it's, it's for a good cause. Yep. That's awesome. So if you have any love songs that you would like to submit, where can you do that? Yep. Uh, send them to me on any social medias or uh, have somebite records at gmail.com. Uh, there's a somebite records um, Instagram, Facebook, and a website. Ooh. Check out all that stuff. And the comp, oh, uh, all the compilations too are on Bandcamp, somebiterecords.bandcamp.com. And make sure to buy them on Bandcamp because that's where all the money goes. Please. I think there's a bang. Yeah, this Friday. This Friday, yeah. yeah. I think it's every Friday, isn't it? Every the first is the first Friday of every month. Only the first Friday yep. of every month. Yeah. So uh, if you don't know, Bandcamp Fridays, <laughs> that's where all of the all of the purchases go directly to the uh, the artists. So be sure to check that out. And first Fridays in Lancaster, you can always go check out that downtown Perfect. anyway. Win win. Win win. Yep. Absolutely. So. What do you plan on the next one? Do you have uh, one coming up to Valentine's? What other holidays would you want to get around? I was trying to do something like Fourth of July ish, like summertime, and like Patriot songs, or maybe or, or just like summery, <laughs> summery songs, songs. You know, stupid sunny. If yeah, if you want to do something patriotic, you know, more than merrier. That'd be kind of fun, actually. Um, a I guess marches. I guess a lot of those are probably public domain too, right? You could do like a cover or something like that and probably not have to worry too much about yeah like uh american beautiful or something yeah yeah we could like a dream pop version yeah, of that. yeah yeah that would be a cool challenge there we go i that's i always uh in my college years i got a group of friends a circle of friends and we uh all had this musical challenge week that i i set up so it would be like one week what the first week would be like uh we pick a theme right and it would be what does your pet say when you get home? Wow. Right? And so you have one week to come up with the, the lyrics, hmm. and then one week to come up, and then we would post it, and anybody could choose any of the songs, and they, they would have to come up with the music for it afterwards. Mm -hmm. So it was a real collaborative spot, and some people did, you know, dogs or cats, or some people did a hamster, or, you know, st you know stupid stuff. Yeah. But, um... One of the, one of the challenges was to take a uh, popular song and just regenerate it. 
Okay, yes, yes. Yeah. Like, I know one of my friends, uh, he wasn't a part of this, but uh, shout out to Cody Kilburn. He takes he takes uh, Michael Jackson's uh, Billie Jean and turns it into a, a slow-rocking blues hmm. tune. I could hear that. Yeah. Nice. So I, I've always I'm always interested. Or uh, do you know Adam Neely? Ever heard of him? Yes, that name sounds so familiar. He's a bassist based out of uh, New York City, and uh, he's done. He's taken "Thank You Next" by Ariana Grande and uh, Del- Del's "Hello," okay, and he reharmonizes it all, and it's oh, ah, cool. It's really cool. And stuff stuff like that always captures my imagination, right? So that'd be really cool to do. Yeah, to, yeah. To reach out and ties old, uh, old songs. Yes. Maybe you have to put the feelies out now so people have enough time to get it done by summer. That's the other thing is <clears throat> with the Halloween one last year, I was, I think I told people about it in May, thinking like, oh, by October, a lot of people have, but you know how musicians and artists are. Oh, that, you know, absolutely. I, yeah, I'm the same way, but yeah, I was, I was really hoping I'd get so yeah, uh, for this year, if you're an artist out there, learn somebody else's song in the scene, record it. It can just be a very simple recording, and then you know we'll have a really cool compilation for uh, Halloween this year. Yeah, that'll be really cool. I'm gonna get some of my friends on that. Nice, please do. And I, I might send you some stuff for the for the Valentine's stuff. Please too. do. Thank you. So, what else do you want to do in the future? Well, right now I'm trying to, I'd love to play a lot of shows mm. right now. Um, having kind of a tough time at the moment booking stuff. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be gigging a lot. By yourself or with others? Uh, Kevin Whitaker's been playing drums with me. Um, <clears throat> so right now we have a little, uh, have backing tracks that play the bass and keys. He plays drums, and I sing and play guitar. I've actually been thinking about I would play bass and sing, and then find because nobody wants to play bass right now. I don't know. If, I don't know if you're looking for a bass player. If you're a bass player out there, and you want to play with, please. Uh, but for some reason, nobody wants to play bass at the moment. I don't blame them. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about maybe I would just have to play bass and then find somebody to play. But yeah, I'd love to have like a whole bunch of people playing with me. And I play keyboard. That'd be awesome, yeah. yeah. If it's not that hard, I think you figure it out. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, is so you know, do you have any other projects going on at the time, or? Yeah, I feel like I always have. Uh, um, still have a couple songs. Need to finish up the kaleidoscope. Um, they're like mostly there. Just need to put like some finishing touches on them. Um. Been toying around with. I've been kind of writing a short form content TV show thing. Yeah, it's called. It would be kind of like um, a mix between The Office. It basically like a documentary film crew would follow around like a bunch of content creators. Okay, and like one guy has recently gone viral, and um, just seeing how that's like sort of changed his like day to day. Um, but you know, like lots of people like talking to a camera and, and going over like just stupid, like content creation stuff, like, you know, being like fire emojis are a big hit right now. You can really, uh, 
you know, just talking about all the stuff that goes into social media. Um, so I have a pilot written. And again, like I was talking about earlier, like you can really, you can dive into a lot of different things, but not necessarily like excel at them. Yeah, master of, master of trades. Or, uh, well, jack of all trades, master, master of none. Master yeah. none, yeah. Um, so I'm always like, oh, I'd love to like, film this and edit it and, and make it but i'm like how much time is that going to take and then is that going to detract from like all the music i'm working on right now yeah i mean right um and but that and cost and... yeah but that's uh so yeah if you're also like the local filmmaker people out there and want to uh you know help with the tv show that'd be cool um <laughs> and well don't underestimate the power of uh like TikTok or stuff like I that. I know. Because I know people, people would eat that up. Exactly, yeah. 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 Short film video content is king for all those musicians. That yes, know it. yes, yeah. So, out of all of the, the things that you've done, what are some of the funniest things ever happened to you? On like a gig or? I think about this all the time. It was my first time, probably the only real tour I've done too. I did it right before the pandemic. Um, but I was playing a show in Brooklyn, and the sound guy, <laughs> um, it's kind of sad, but also I just, oh my goodness, it's like the thing that cracks me up whenever I need a pick-me-up. Couldn't read. Wait, what? The sound guy couldn't read. And he was just like the, like, he was a cartoon character of a man. His name was John. And uh, just a very confident New York guy. But he would be like, all right, uh, up next, we got uh, Alex Stout. And we'd be like, Stanley's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And like the whole night, it would just be like him trying to pronounce things and say things and be like reading it and be like, um. And he was, he was just really, he was a really funny guy. Um, he had this like AM radio. Like he, he was like, I forget what I said. I said something about like how um, I say I'm going to do a lot of things, but I don't do them. Just like setting up stuff on stage and like, you know, it was like, oh man, like I, I should really set up this pedal board better. But I always say I'm going to do things. So I don't do them. He's like, not me, bro. Check this out. And he pulls out this like AM radio and he was like, check out, got this from a scrapyard. It was only 20 bucks. And he's like, check it out. Get any channel on here. And it was like, just static. static? He's like, just wait, just wait, just wait. He's like, ah, it's not working right now. But just like the whole night, this guy was such a character. Um, yeah, it's probably the funniest guy I think I've met in all the. It's like a classic New York accent. Story. Yeah, yeah. Super oh, New no. York. Um, That's so funny. He um, was always like not doing his job. Sounded terrible. Um, I'd have to go get him before every band would play. He'd be like outside just talking to people, smoking a cigarette. And he'd be like, John, come on. And before like the one band played, I was like, John, come on, they're ready to go. And he's, he, he has a cigarette. He's like, let's do this. And he just like throws it out <laughs> and just like walks in. And like, you just know there's like a movie going on in this guy's head all the time. And he's the he's star. The and, yeah, <laughs> like he's, yeah. Yeah, so John, if you're out there, man, what an awesome guy, yeah. That's awesome. It's. I feel like every New Yorker, at least those with the, like the true New Yorker accent, always have great stories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's All like a characters. yeah. He's like a very awesome. I could just tell he was 
born and raised in Brooklyn, probably never left like a 10 block vicinity <laughs> was like born right down from the venue that he does sound at. And he just, he just, he just, you know, um, his, nothing, you know exists, nothing exists outside of there. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. What are some of the worst things that have ever happened to you? Um, actually that night, this wasn't the worst, but that night, a lot of our, so I was on tour with two other guys and all of our sleeping arrangements in Brooklyn fell through and three guys, we all had colds. This was before COVID, thank goodness. But three guys, I was, we drove my Honda Accord, it's a tiny, you know, sedan car. And, uh, we had to sleep in my car. And uh, could not get the window to air conditioning situation right. Oh, no. And tried leaving the sunroof cracked, but then it started raining. Just oh, did no. not sleep, and then had to drive to Connecticut the next day. And I've made, I've, I've driven before sleep deprived, but this was like equal parts like sick, sleep deprived, um, probably malnourished driving through uh, Connecticut traffic, which is just horrible. Is it really? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there's something about it. The way people drive, coming out of New York, for some reason, like, it's just, it's, like, bumper to bumper, but, like, 90 miles an hour, and there's, like, no respite. Like, there's no no lane that you can get in that's, like, I think it's because people get out of the New York traffic jam and they just like, fly. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, they just kick it. And I was just not prepared for it. And I just remember driving, like, just in a horrible headspace and being like, this is horrible. Like, I thought tour would be cool. And like, this is, oh my goodness, this is only like the first night. Like, this is, um, so yeah, from, from, from meeting John and having a really good time to driving seven hours in a, right? yeah, uh, in not a great spot, you know. I'd say dri- I'll, I'll add to your point driving out, out of New York. I could drive in New York fine because it's all mm. bumper to bumper really slow. That's okay. That's cool. Uh, unless there's taxis around you. That's kind of chaotic. Yeah. But driving on like the, the Brooklyn Beltway, mm-hmm. I have had almost four accidents happen in the span of one <laughs> day. Sounds all right. And, and dude. I, I, because it stopped immediately. I stopped immediately, and then I saw the car stop immediately. Thank God they didn't hit me, but two cars hit them. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah, right, right behind me, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god. Or traffic stops right in front of you from thirty to zero in a second. Right, and then you get, and uh, I'm not, I'm not ready for this. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna hit that car. <laughs> Thank God there was enough room between me and, and the left lane. I just swerved and got out of the yes, way. Right, but it's like, it's like. How do New Yorkers, and not only that, but how what what ungodly being yeah. do they have to be, or state do they have to be in to do that? And then what happens if they get in a crash? And it, you know, it gets, it's going to get ten times worse with all the traffic. Right, right. I I am so concerned for New Yorkers. Yeah, I know. It's 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 kind of beautiful though. You know, it's all, kinda, this, it is, all this chaos, people somehow kind of get along all day you know for the most part and if anything it's really funny to watch their reactions yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah always entertaining always oh, yeah always exhausting exhaustingly so yeah yes. so what was it like to was that your first tour that you guys did yeah and that's pretty much the only one i've ever i've done some like weekenders but yes yeah, so that was about two weeks it started in philly and then ended up in portland maine 
nice. Yeah. Was it in, in summer or? Yep. Yeah. June. That must have been really nice to be nice, kind of cold up in Maine. Yeah, it was like perfect. Yeah. Like it's like nice, but also there's like a mist yeah. coming off of the bay, the harbor. I don't know what's in Portland, Maine. Whatever body water's there, it's it just probably- blowing gently on you all day. And it's just like crisp and like the, it, the sun's out, but it's also like you get this like nice breeze. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Probably good, food, good seafood up there, too. So the guy that I went on tour with, and I only found this out uh, when we were about 20 minutes outside of Portland, Maine, is deathly allergic to shellfish. No! Yeah. Like, oh, like no. if he's like in open air. So we couldn't really go in any restaurants or anything. <laughs> Um, that's what I was like, yeah, that's like the yeah, one I, thing to not yeah, be allergic to yeah, up there. Yeah, that's but, all we got. <laughs> but God bless, Dylan. Yeah, yeah. So didn't really get to partake. The food I did have there was very good, though. Stayed with a friend, and he made these like incredible. Uh, he was like a vegan cook or something like that. He made oh, wow. these like vegan burgers, and they oh my goodness, they were so good. And they weren't big, but I remember being so full afterward. Like I feel like it was just full of like nutrients. Yes, yeah. and I was like, "Wow, it must it must be great to eat this way all the time? Like eat things that actually fill you." Yeah, not like McDonald's, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that was good. That was good stuff. What a kind of, that that's a side thing. I was like, "I wonder what kind of side uh, trade restaurants they have up there." Oh yeah, that's the kind of cool thing about Portland, though, is I feel like a lot of it was mom and pop. Yeah. Uh, it kind of has to be the population of there's like zero. Yes, right. And there's nobody, nobody around. Yeah, only bears. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so that's what I that's what I think I like about the the Northwest and the uh, and the Midwest really too. Mm-hmm. It's it's all just mom and pop stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's really nice. So would you ever want to go on tour again? Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. What are some places you want to go hit? Um. Sometimes I really want to go to Michigan. I've never been there. Just why? Well, I don't know. If I'm, <laughs> why Michigan? I guess if I'm gonna, I want to hit all the states in my life. Okay. So if I'm gonna go through them, I want to at least be playing a show too. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So yeah, I mean, um, but apparently Detroit is having this really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very interested in that. Even just some little like hole in the wall town in Michigan. Um, in my experience, hole in the wall towns have really cool music scenes. Like, you know, it's just yeah. Um, I'd, I'd actually rather prefer to play middle of nowhere places than you know your Philadelphia's and New Yorks anymore. Like, right, and it's, at some point it's just too dangerous. Yes, yeah, that too. Yeah, especially uh, like Detroit or Chicago or Philly, yeah, even yeah. even nowadays. Yeah, that's that'd be cool. I've always wanted to. I'm going on a road trip this December. I'm going to hit all the southern states. And I really cool. want to play. Uh, so like I'm going to go to New Orleans. So, oh, so the cool. dream is kind of like the bus scouts out of New New Orleans just yes. to say I did it. Yeah, yeah. Because you know I can say I, I busted New Orleans. Yeah, cool. They have like a bus. Like I know some places you need like a permit to bus, but that's one of the places, right? You can just you go do, do it. it. Yeah, cool. yeah, cool. So. Out of all your life, what is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever been given? Ooh. Successful people take chances. Mm. Ooh, that's what you buy. 
this random happenstance guy right after I turned 21. I was at this random bar, like right outside Philly, and I was walking out, and this guy just like looked me in the eyes, like, hey, buddy, just remember this. Most successful people take the biggest chances. Like, <laughs> like wow, that was awesome. I really needed to hear that right then. And yeah, it stuck with me. And I don't know. Just a fortune cookie just walked by. And yeah, said, hey. a real life fortune cookie. Kind of just a just a 3D fortune cookie. Just kind of, yeah. Well, it's so true, though. Cause yeah. If you don't do anything, with, you know, if you don't try. Yeah. You ain't going to go nowhere. Exactly. Yeah. So. I think I may have asked this already, but what are what are the one things that you want to try at least once in your life? Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> the first thing that came to mind, and this is again random, but it's definitely an inherent danger level here. So okay. hear me out. And I love these things, but I really want to feed a hippopotamus. <laughs> <laughs> That's just it's one of the things. I feel like I always see videos of people doing it and they'll stick their hand in there. I'm like, oh my goodness, that thing's just going to clamp down and snap their hands off. Um, and I'm a scaredy cat. But I, yeah, I really want to do it. And I really just kind of want to be in the vicinity of a hippo because they're like really temperamental and they can just like kill you any second. Oh, yeah. Um, but really I think they're really cool. And yeah, I'd really like to encounter one. and Just to watch one like chomp down on a watermelon and you're like, yeah, yeah. How does that? How, yeah. How can you just crush a pumpkin? Crush, yeah, yeah. If your head was in there, it'd be gone. Oh my goodness, yeah. They, uh, they can go up against crocodiles. They can snap a crocodile. They can snap a yeah. crocodile in yeah. half. Yeah, they're the most dangerous animal. Animal. Yeah. yeah I, it, dude, have you seen how fast they are in the water? Yeah, on, like, and on land too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They can go like thirty miles per hour. They're like compare. I, I don't know the statistic. I know like a cheetah. Is faster like Wait, long fast. range, but a hippo like short range. Like a hippo can accelerate faster than any a cheetah. Like in like in a span of like like zero to sixty. <laughs> yeah, like ten feet or something. A hippo can just like bam. Like yeah, that's wild. Yeah, never would have thought. Yeah, it's like Storm Runner. Should I ride Storm Runner? No. Hershey Park. Oh yeah, 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 the one that goes. Yeah, that's what a hippo does. Just kind of, <laughs> just kind of takes off really quick, and then That'd be the most terrifying moment. I know, life. but that's something I want to be in, like the vicinity of a hippo. That's 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 something I want to do. That's on the bucket list. Sounds like you got to go to Africa. I know. Yeah, yeah, I gotta get getting out of Central PA for sure. Get out of Central PA. Yeah. What's one place you would want uh, if you were to go on tour outside of the U.S.? Where would you want to go? Ooh, probably Romania. Really? Yeah, just because my great grandfather. Um, and you know, um, Stanella's Romanian last name. I was, I was wondering. And um, yeah, my great grandfather. The story I was always told—I don't know how accurate this is—but apparently he was a stowaway. He escaped from Romania. The USSR, or um, from I guess from uh, he he like hopped on a ship and uh, like lived at the bottom of a fishing ship for however long it took to get. The United States and like lived off of like raw fish and then just like jumped ship in Ellis Island and like swam in and snuck in the United States and wow. Um, so I always thought that was like a cool story, you know. Um, that's what my grandfather told me. I'd like to believe it's true. I'm sure it's <laughs> very uh, it's a little, a little very hyperbolized, but yeah. uh, but anyway, I've always just been kind of fascinated by Romania. Um, 
seems like a beautiful place. I actually just watched Borat again the other night. Oh, yeah? And the town he's in is Romania. It's oh, not wow. Kazakhstan. That's filmed in Romania. That's yeah. Um, so I'd really like to see, like, Transylvania, which is where, like, the castles are and stuff. And I don't know what the music scene's like. I, I think that there's a really big, like, ele- electronic, like, EDM scene there. Like, that's really uh, – Europe, you know. Well, yeah, Europe, yeah. of course, right. That, that's really funny though. That like vampire castles are just EDM. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dracula. Yeah, but there's a really cool um, Michael Jackson video of him doing a show in Romania. I think in Bucharest. Really? Yeah, he was singing "Beat It." It's one of the only so much of like Michael Jackson stuff I found. It's been like stripped off the internet. I don't know, like his live stuff. It's really uh, hard to find a lot of his good like live stuff for some reason. Why? But there's a really highly produced like multi-camera angle video of him singing "Beat It" in Romania with a huge crowd. It looks really cool. Um, so yeah, I'd love to play in Romania. So if anybody out there is from Romania, get me a show. Get me a show. And a passport. Right and a passport. Yeah. That's a, that's something I got. Or a visa. Yeah, visa. visa. Yeah, visa. Yeah. I wonder hippo death wish. <laughs> Who said that? Uh, the robot said that. Yeah. Oh, he's really listening. God yeah. bless you. Thank you. And if you have any other questions for Alex Danilo, we we'll, we'll take them. We have one more song of yours. Is it Aubrey? Yes. So this is from the Folk Project. Okay. So progressive folk. What is progressive folk? Um, I don't even know if it's necessarily progressive. It's just um. Yeah, it's just uh. This is the only song from the folk one that will be out. Next month, it has another instrument, and it's banjo. banjo. And I figured out some banjo chords just for this song. I've never really played banjo before. Yeah, this is just a little acoustic, stripped-down tune. But then this is Aubrey by Alex Danella. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
the cry the day cry wash your wounds from blood you lost everybody told you this coming look to you three four days gave you all me how we as soon as the sun rises all to the Beatles-esque-ness of your voice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Yes. Love the Beatles. So, where can people find you? Or Are you performing anywhere soon? Or Yeah. Um. Next, well, tomorrow is February. Tomorrow, tomorrow is February, yeah. Tomorrow's uh Groundhog Day Eve. It is. Yeah, it is. I guess so, yeah. yeah. Um, Did you do anything special? <laughs> Not... <laughs> Maybe I'll buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> Maybe. Seems like a good uh um playing um in Phoenixville on the eleventh mm. and then playing at Dobbs on South Street in Philly on the twenty second, which is my birthday. Nice. Which is cool. Yeah, playing a show on my birthday. And then that's about all I've booked until June playing a show in June that I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about yet for some reason. Well, Unless... if you want to find out, you can go over to your, your website. Yeah, it'll, it'll be it, yeah. That's uh, alexstanilla.com. That's S-T-A-N-I-L-L-A. Yep. Dot com. So last question. What are What is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started? Ooh, wow. Ooh, I think about this a lot. Um, probably that. Um, it's not how good you are at anything. A lot. It comes down to how likable you are and you're absolutely right yeah it's that's the most important thing if you're pursuing anything to any degree is uh you know you can be the most talented person of all time but if you know people can't stand to be around you they're not going to support you right so it, it's, it's very beneficial to that should come first is being a, a you know a, a good down-to-earth likable person Circling back to your friend John, right? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Terrible like... sound guy, but so fun to be around. And yes, exactly. And that's why that's why he'll keep getting the job. Exactly. He's he's a great a great person. Maybe not so good of a sound guy, but he he's the guy that make you laugh. Yep. Well, this has been great, man. Thank thanks you for Corey. coming on. Thank you. Yes, thanks for having me. If you want to check us out, 
I am Corey Rosen. This is a story podcast. We are, you can find us on uh, the web by Corey Rosen productions.com. That's C O R Y R O S E N productions.com. You can find more about me, the podcast and all the previous guests that we have on and all the future guests that we have on. Speaking of which this Saturday, I have on a band that I'm really, really excited to show you guys. It, it, they are the big fat meanies. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I have, yeah. And uh, they're I, I they are on my li- on my playlist like nonstop now nowadays. I really enjoy their their work. They're a progressive pop horn group, and they're incredible with all they do. And I'm really excited to talk talk to them. And then this Sunday, that's the Saturday. This Sunday, I'm having Cody Tyler. Oh, cool. uh, he's coming on, and we're gonna have a lot of fun with him. And yeah. With all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. And we will see you guys later. Bye.